We turn now to the word of God at the prophecy of Jeremiah. Jeremiah, been called the weeping prophet. For all we know, not one convert in his ministry. And it makes sense that he would sing a psalm like Psalm 43 that we just sang. Why aren't you grieving? Hope in God. And he will give you rest. But Jeremiah, we're going to turn to the prophecy of chapter 6 of this inspired word. I'm going to read verses 9 through 17. 9 through 17 of the prophecy here. And focus on verse 16. Hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord of hosts, they shall thoroughly glean as a vine the remnant of Israel. As a grape gatherer, put your hand back into the branches. To whom shall I speak and give warning that ye, they may hear? Indeed, their ear is uncircumcised and they cannot give heed. Behold, the word of the Lord is a reproach to them. They have no delight in it. Therefore, I am full of fury of the Lord, the fury of the Lord. I am weary of holding it in. I will pour it out on the children outside and on the assembly of young men together. For even the husband shall be taken with the wife, the aged with him who is full of days. And their houses shall be turned over to others, fields and wives together. For I will stretch out my hand against the inhabitants of the land, says the Lord. Because from the least of them, even to the greatest of them, everyone is given to covetousness. And from the prophet, even to the priest, everyone deals falsely. They have also healed the herd of my people slightly, saying, Peace, peace, when there is no peace. Were they ashamed when they had committed abomination? No, they were not at all ashamed, nor did they know how to blush. Therefore they shall fall among those who fall. At the time I punish them, they shall be cast down, says the Lord. Thus says the Lord, Stand in the ways and see and ask for the old paths where the good way is and walk in it. Then you will find rest for your souls. But they said, we will not walk in it. Also, I said, watchmen over you, saying, listen to the sound of the trumpet. But they said, we will not listen. Thus far we read the word of God. What I draw your attention is a word from the prophet Jeremiah, chapter 6, verse 16. Thus says the Lord, stand in the ways and see and ask for the old paths where the good way is and walk in it. Then you will find rest for your souls. Jeremiah prophesied in Judah's darkest hour. 7th century B.C., not long before they would be taken captive by the Babylonians, not long after Israel's demise, the northern kingdom's demise. This is a time 
Judah's darkest hour before Josiah's reform and the recovery of the law, but a time at this time when there was what's called apostasy. And apostasy is a word, you have to know it, it's biblical, it's doctrinal. It means a falling away from the truth of those who once held it. It's not in the world to be apostate, you know, because it never once held the truth. But it's of the church to be apostate. That's her ignoble, infamous title, the apostate church, when she is apostate, because she knows better. But here there was apostasy like you've never seen, except today. Idolatry, worshiping of their gods other than Jehovah God, immorality that always accompanies idolatry. And the prophets and the priests, the leaders, were leading the way. Prophets prophesying falsely and priests leading in an improper worship of God. Besides that, it wasn't just the hierarchy that was involved in this apostasy, the people. The people loved to have it so. So we read in chapter 5 and verse 31 that the prophets prophesy falsely and the priests rule by their own power and my people love to have it so. There was this outbreak of the disease of departure from the truth. Strange gods, strange women, covetousness, lying. There was a hardening of heart so that they thought the word of God was something not worthy to be heeded to. Their ears were uncircumcised. They couldn't hear. They stopped their ears and their hearts against the truth of God through such as Jeremiah. And so even from the least of them to the greatest of them, verse 13 says in chapter 6 of Jeremiah, everyone was given to things, to coveting things, and to worshiping things rather than the great giver of all things. And from the prophet even to the priest, everyone was dealing falsely. Now our text, really not an exhortation here, but a judgment It records a past exhortation. Jeremiah had said, stand in the ways and see and ask for the old paths and where the good way is and walk in it. Given the promise, you shall find rest for your souls. But at that time, Judah had said, but they said, our text says, we will not walk in that way or in those paths. So our text is something that seals the doom of the people. As they walked and as they did not hear, they walked in their ways and did not hear the call to walk in a better way, the way of faith. They were being judged. Their end was certain. But now, beloved, today we need to hear this word of God. We need to hear this because we are the people of God by the grace of God of the New Testament. Israel and Judah together, that church of the Old Testament is a picture or type of the church. Judah, as well, is a picture in her apostasy of the church in her apostasy and her tendency to apostatize, that is, to fall away from the truth whereby we once were sealed or once were were sanctified. We tend to fall away from it. We can be tired of old paths, can't we? 
of same old, same old worship, same old, same old minister and message, same old, same old parents, same old, same old catechism and Bible studies. We can be tired of the ancient of days himself saying, walk in this way and not in any way you choose, the same old holy way. That's our tendency, and sadly, it is that to which much of the church of Jesus Christ has simply given themselves, given themselves to a Christless congregation and creedless Christianity and gospel-less message. We must take heed. It cannot be impressed upon us enough the need of the hour for us to do as Jeremiah said and God through him, to stand in the ways and stop, come to a full stop and look around and ask for the old paths where the good way is and walk in it. We live in this day in which it is, it is swiftly approaching the end. I know there's doomsayers who say the end is tomorrow. Oh, beloved, I simply say in light of Scripture, the end is near, very near. And the, the fire of the devil is singeing us. The minions of the devil are tempting us in the most unlikely of places, even in our homes, on Internet, and in the, even in the, the Christian uh, denominations that are all around us and which we can readily have access to uh, through the media. We must heed. We must heed this not only as a threatening judgment, which it is, and we need to hear that, but also as an exhortation with a great promise, the promise of rest. I don't know about you, but I'm near exhaustion. I am very tired not just physically, but mentally and spiritually. The devil is working hard. My prayer has been for strength, body and of soul, and of spirit. My prayer is especially that I would bring to you faithfully the word that we all need and the promise of rest for our souls. We need this as we renew again our catechism instruction. Parents, you need this. Catechumens, you need this. Go into the catechism lessons with vigor, with excitement, with discipline. Be those who are interested in learning as much as you can in the creeds of the church, not only, but in the word of God itself. Students, be excited. Be respectful to the teachers. Learn your lessons well and show that you are in this way showing your obedience to God and your excitement as a young Christian. And teachers, teach them well. Teach the lambs of the flock that are not yours, they're not even the parents, they're God's. And Jesus himself says, feed my sheep, tend my sheep, feed my lambs and tend them. So may we be those who are standing at this crossroads and asking for the good way to walk in it. So let's consider the old paths. We're to ask for the old paths. We're in is the good way. Let's consider that first of all. But then 
that there is a crossroads and we have to do something at the crossroads and that is ask for the old paths and then uh, we'll stand in the ways, see and ask for the old paths and then walk in them. But then there's a promise of rest for your souls, something we long for. There's a metaphor here. Judah is going in a certain way. It's the metaphor of pilgrims and strangers who are travelers in this world. We're travelers. We're not passengers on the spaceship Earth, as the environmentalists say, but we're on the way either to heaven or hell. We're on a pilgrimage. We are wonderfully and gladly on the way to heaven. And Judah, as a people, was his people of God, the people of the kingdom. They were going a certain way, a certain direction, as on a path or road. And they were travelers that had chosen the path, a certain path. And it was becoming, however, increasingly a path of peril. That's the figure of speech here, and that's why God tells him to stand through Jeremiah. Stand and stop and consider. They were at a crossroads, called to stop, consider what path they're on not only, but the options, what other paths there are, and especially to consider, ask for, and choose and walk in the old paths in which was the good way. Literally, the old paths which Judah was to ask for and we're to ask for, are the paths of everlasting. They're ancient paths. Jeremiah 18, verse 15, says that uh, one of the uh, signs of apostasy is that the people have been caused to stumble in their ways from the ancient paths, same word, old paths, paths of everlasting, to walk in pathways and not on a highway, to make their land desolate and a perpetual hissing. These old paths were well known in Israel. They, however, were not walking in them. The way they were headed was a way of destruction, in fact. That's the burden of Jeremiah. That's why there's a fire within him, a fury of the Lord, the fury of the Lord within him, and he is eager to tell the people to stop and go back along the old paths. The old paths, or the paths they're on, are the broad way, the bad way. But it was popular in that day, so they took it. It was well-worn, the paths they were on. But it was, as Jesus says in Matthew 7, the broad way, the popular way, the way of ungodliness and unbelief that leads to what? destruction. Old paths are the ones there to choose, and on the old paths is the good way, the way of righteousness and peace and blessing. That's what they're to stand and see and ask for and walk in. This is the way, because it's old, of the fathers, the way of the patriarchs, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the way of the good judges and kings and prophets way that has been of old. It is of old. They're to inquire of this way, the doctrine of this way, what it is to live a godly life along this path, and so to be with the fathers in this direction that they went. So the old paths are defined as 
the paths where they'll find the good way, the good way. And the good way is the way of God, of course. God is good, and his way is good. It's the way of God. He has ordained it for us to walk in it. It's the way to God, the way everlasting that's been ordained, the way to God, and the way since the fall of the gospel, which is Jesus Christ. I want to say that at the outset. The way that Jeremiah is speaking, people should walk in the good way, and the, all the old paths lead to it, is the way Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ says in the New Testament, he's the way, the truth, and the life, speaking among many wonderful things of himself being the only access to God, of faith in him being that way that we can know his justifying grace and his sanctifying Holy Spirit. So this good way is Jesus, and it leads people, people even of the promise in Jeremiah's day. They didn't have Jesus yet, but they had him promised in the word. It was all the one gospel. The way that they would appropriate Jesus is by walking by faith in him alone, so that there would be nothing but Christ in their life and as their, right, their, their life. So, for example, walking along that way, they would claim God alone as their righteousness. And the prophet would speak of Jehovah, our righteousness. Jeremiah would speak of this in Jeremiah 23 and verse 6, and that's speaking of Jesus. The way is Jesus Christ and his cross, which was typified in all of the sacrifices. This was the word of the prophets, the way of the sufferings of Christ and the glory to follow, the way of that lamb of Isaiah, the way of that one who would deliver from total depravity and, and complete guilt so that there is this way surely to heaven and everyone on that way believing in it shall surely go there and find rest. Now this way, Jesus, is the only way, and he alone is the way. He's ordained a way to follow him, that's through faith, and through walking along the, the path of faith, which has fruits, that is, believing in Jesus, we receive the fruits of faith and repentance and love and holiness, and all of these things have to do with our walking along the way, the way Jesus Christ, as you follow him, you walk in the paths of believing, loving, and keeping his commandments. They don't earn for you heaven. They are themselves not the way to heaven. Jesus only is. But these things show we are on the way. We're walking on the way as we shall see. So these are old paths. Jesus is the old, old uh, way of God along these paths, these many, many paths that is the, for the many persons who have walked in the way in Jesus by faith. As old as heaven itself and creation in the fall, as Israel, the old covenant people, is Jesus who is the good way and the paths to Jesus that all the fathers have taken that led in the same way, that were on the same way, are all the same. The prophets, the priests, the kings, the moms and dads who would lead their children to catechism. And now in the New Testament, it's all the same. The one word of Jeremiah who says, 
And God says through him, stand in the ways and see and ask for the old paths where the good way is. That's pointing us to Jesus and to his blood and to exulting in him and his blood alone. Now, beloved, we're at a crossroads. And that's what I want to bring for you in this second point. With regard to this, these paths, the journeys of everyone who would glory in Jesus and know that the only good way to God is through Jesus, we're to stand as we're walking along our own ways and our own paths and reconnoiter. That means look around. At a certain way, and the word of God is being brought to you right now, maybe in your life. Yes, in your life. You're right there, and you're sitting, but you're to be standing while you're sitting. Standing and seeing. You're called here to stand in the ways in which you're walking which our church is walking, in which all of Christendom is walking, and you're supposed to discern. Look around, light of the word of God, and ask for the good way and walk in it. So here it is, a confrontation of God, and we are being confronted. Stand still. Be quiet. Listen to the Spirit through the Word. Every one of us, let's stand still. We're confronted in our tendency. If we're not walking in complete apostasy, we're confronted here in our nature to go the wrong way. That's what's happening here. God would come to us through Jeremiah the prophet and through yours truly the prophet, the preacher, and give us to stop what we're doing, stop what we're thinking, be lighting in, and listen. Stop. The nature of the beast within, the heart, after all, Jeremiah would say later, is deceitful above all things. That nature is to be deceived and to walk along the easiest path, the widest and most popular, most comfortable. And all those paths of filling ourselves with stuff and the praise of men, and fulfilling our own selfish desires, they all have one thing in common. They're Christless. The old paths are the only paths where the good way is found. But all the paths of our own, that we take of our own making and of society's making, are Christless. There's no good way there. No good way. Might be an easy way, popular way, 
broad way. You can take all your friends on that way. But it's not the good way. To we're, to stand, we're to stand here. Discriminate. Yes. We are to be discriminating. Between truth and lies. Light and dark. The sound of the trumpet of God. And the siren songs of the world. That's the first thing. Be arrested, will you, by God. If at no other time, right now, through the arresting, soul-stopping word of the prophet. Cease trusting in man, in woman, in flesh, in your own ways, around the word of God. Getting by with a little religion. And pleasing people on the outside, but inwardly there's dead men's bones. You're a hypocrite. Here is Jeremiah, God through Jeremiah saying, now you stop everything and consider all of your self-justification, your idolatry, your life, that you think you can live on your own. Now for this, of course, to stand and to see together, we're putting them together here, you need the scriptures. You discriminate, you stand and you see in light of the scriptures or you're not going to stand anywhere on any rock and you're not going to see anything that's true. The Bible the law, the testimony, the gospel. The amazing gospel, the good news of the cross, there. And the bad news of our sin, right there. There's the, the book of your honesty here. Read it. Think about it. Assess your plans, assess your relationships, assess, assess your play, assess your work, assess your, what you're thinking, your conversation in light of the Bible. That says there is a holy God and this holy God will not behold sin except to punish it. And Jesus Christ is our righteousness. Or you're dead men, you're dead women, you're a dead congregation, you're nothing. Here's the building. Nice stream by the side, isn't it? And see about those old paths and that good way. Now here, it's interesting, old paths are <clears throat> said to be where the good way is. You see that? Ask for the old paths. That is, the paths of many individual Christians who've walked in them. You want to live their, your life like them. But all of them have the good way to be found in them and to, to walk in their way. But we need to know that there's other old paths that aren't where the good way is. You know that? 
It's not just that old is contrasted with new here, but old where the good way is is contrasted with old where the good way is not. And I'm talking about the old way of sin. That's as old as the hills, almost. As old as Adam and Eve, who fell. The path of destruction that everyone in society has followed except for the grace of God. So, old and good is what we want, not just old. Old and bad. Or old, as some like to say, which is good in itself. You know, a great controversy in the Reformation was, who was the oldest? Rome was saying it was the way, it was the best because it was the oldest. Their argument was the argument of antiquity. Because we've been around the longest and we've had the longest and oldest tradition, we must be the rightest. And the Protestants, that's new, that must be wrong. You're breaking away from what is old. And even though the Protestants tried to say that they were grounding their traditions and their new doctrines, their true doctrines on Augustine and others, the argument from antiquity then and still is today a strong one. We've always done it so, and because it's old that way, it must be good. Well, Jeremiah will have none of it, and we must have none of that. It must be old if it be the path we want, where we can find what is good, and not just old and gray. The old paths, those paths where is the good way, the fathers who followed Jesus. So we have to discern there. And there's new paths, of course. And this mostly gets the attention of commentators and sermon makers. Old is contrasted with new. Well, there's a point to that. The Bible even speaks of new things being dangerous things, like the Athenian new things. Remember that? Paul went to Athens and there they were, the philosophers, and they were the ones who delighted only in finding things new. And when they found out that Paul preached a new thing, this thing called the gospel of this Jesus, they went to him and they heard him as hearing a new philosophy. The only thing they couldn't stomach, however, is the new thing called the gospel of the resurrection. They didn't want any of that except for a few of them. But new things is what people wanted. New things is what people want today. Maybe it's new technology that's promoting the new things that people are wanting. Certainly it's the old devil who's saying this isn't enough and old religion isn't enough and Jesus isn't enough and this God, all he does is cramp your style. And so, go for something new. And besides, aren't you bored? And aren't your parents a bunch of hypocrites and don't they fall asleep as much as you in church? Well, then the old and the traditional and these things of Jeremiah, they must be wrong, so try something new. New Age was a movement and still is, I know, uh, in ultra-liberal churches, but there's new philosophies and new doctrines all over the place in the Church of Jesus Christ. New ways of looking at things, new gods, a God who is not so holy, a God who has heaven but certainly not hell, or who at least will punish those only for a little time and then take everybody to heaven. Ways of worship 
Oh, they got to be new. You got to compete, after all, with the culture. So it's not only a message that's changed, there's a new perspective, for example, on Paul, that he wasn't teaching justification by faith alone, but you need some works to go with it. Not only is that changed, but the, the new worship, the, new, the method has to be new. And you need, Pastor Dick, and you need Elder Geisen, you need a worship team. You need those of the newest technology and the newest style or into the culture who can connect with the young people of the community, or you're never going to grow. This is the philosophy of many a church. And beloved, if we be the hearers of Jeremiah's word, we will have none of it. Absolutely none of it. Yes, we will be all things to all men, that we might win some, but we will not change according to the latest fad, the worship of God. We want here a, 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 a congregational worship that is reverent and happy, but not just giddy and frivolous and catchy. We want something more than the culture can give, don't we? More than the ditties than the 711 songs and hymns sometimes we need to be challenged and to hear the old old message of the good way Jesus the old way of preaching and proclamation and hearing and believing so there's old paths that are bad there's new paths that are bad Gospelless, hellless, godless religion. I think, beloved, people are just ashamed of the gospel. I don't know how else to put it. That's really our tendency. The word of God and the gospel of Jesus Christ is just not enough. We need something else. Something else to get us going. Something else to revive my marriage. Something else to be reconciled to one another and to bring people in who are, who are different and, or who are the same, whatever, and to be movers and shakers in this society. We need something else, don't we? Some point of contact. Now, beloved, I think that the modern church, if... If Jesus, I won't say it. But it just seems that Jesus and his blood, they, it's distasteful. Distasteful. And you're thinking, people want something that's just different, and so it's different, but it can make us comfortable. That's it. We want to respect everybody. And we'll respect your religion if it respects us. Just like the Roman Empire of old. We'll respect your religion as long as you say Caesar is Lord. And the Christians, of course, couldn't do that because they would respect religion, I suppose, other religions, religions, 
but they wouldn't buy it, and they would declare Jesus is Lord and call the other religionists to repent. Because there's not many ways, not many ways that are the good way, and many are the paths that lead to destruction, and they're all bad ways. I don't know what it is. It was said of old that in World War II, the Battle of the Bulge, one of the strategies of the Germans was to dress up in Allied uniforms and change the signs around the place. So the Allies would go in the wrong direction. Almost lost for them the Battle of the Bulge, did the changing of the signs. That's a clever strategy. But today, it's the same thing in the church. Changing of the signs. So God is a sign for love. That's all it means. And church is a sign it, it stands for a place of handouts and a place of where you can get something from God and get something from people and find significance for yourself. Well, in a way, it's true. But they're changing things. They're changing doctrines to mean something they're not meant to mean. Predestination. Well, that's the choice you make. And then you end up in that place where you're, you're making that choice. And the whole idea of a sovereign God is just out the window. Grace of God, well, that needs you to help it along. And, and all these things, they're changing the words and the doctrines and the creeds to read a more comfortable way. Well, beloved, you stand and you discern, and that's the first thing at this path. And then you've got to ask, you got to ask for the old paths. You know what is right now. You're discerning. You've been quiet enough to hear, wanting to believe. Now you ask for those paths. Just for those paths. The path for you, the path for you, the path for, for me, for all of us. Just so long as the good way is on it and we're on the good way. You make that prayer tonight, every one of you. And children, you make that. Lord, help me to ask for the old paths. And the reason why this is here, you see, is to promote humility in us. We don't invent the old paths. God gives them. God gives old-timers God gives men of faith. God gives the faith. God gives the authors of the Reformed creeds. And, and all of us at church together. And we only receive them in asking for them. Praying. Because we're just helpless. The current of society would sweep us away. We'd fall into the temptation to please people and be people-pleasing Christians. 
wanting to agree with everybody, everybody even in the church, even though it's compromise and not for the good of that person with whom we might agree with. We're so self-willed and ignorant. Look what the people said. The people said when Jeremiah first gave this, this calling, they said, verse 16, the last part, we will not walk in it. So stubborn. We will not. That's why they're called to pray, to ask for those paths. We know them, but we have to ask for them because otherwise we'll never get on them, never to keep on them, never grow in them, never be content in just old paths that are, that, that are good paths. We're just helpless. And now we're at a crossroads. Maybe some of us are at a crossroads in our life itself. Decisions to make, new job, new relationship, young man of the congregation is going to get married. Ask for the old paths, brother and son. We're in as the good way. As together with your bride. And you will find rest for your souls and for your marriage. God will bless you. And walk. Walk in that way. Live. Live. Show full proof of your faith your holiness, your dedication, that you are all in to this thing called the way of believing. That yours is no Christless Christianity, that yours is no unholy Christianity, that yours is no half-in, half-out Christianity, or couch-potato Christianity, just sitting there floating along. Yours is real, and you're in it. Because God is in it for you. You know how much to die for you. And to live for you. And to love you and never be ashamed of you. Though we often are ashamed of him. Last point is that there's a promise here. There's a warning as well. Thus says the Lord, stand in the ways and see and ask for the old paths where the good way is and walk in it. Then you'll find rest for your souls. But they said we will not walk in it. That's a threat. There's a warning there. The watchman sounded the trumpet and they said we will not listen. This whole text and context is, is full of this terrible tragedy of denying the word of God so that you hear from 5.30, 5 o'clock to 6, 6.15, maybe, then you forget and you walk your own way. 
and you're wondering why your soul is restless, you're wondering, you're wondering. Because you're not getting it. But thanks be to God, there's rest for our souls. This is the promise of God. Jesus gave it. Come unto me, all you who are weary and heavy laden. I'll give you rest. Take my yoke upon you, but it's easy. My burden is light. I'll give you rest. I'll give you peace. And it will not be that your your sin is healed slightly and your unrest is healed slightly by the word peace, peace, and there is no peace because Jesus is saying, and we are saying tonight, there is real peace on the cross, and there's this real, real not only possibility or probability, but actual thing called peace with God as the first fruit of the justified ones. Romans 5, 1, therefore being justified by faith, we have what? Peace with God. We are reconciled. All is well with our soul. We're going to heaven. We're forgiven. And if we mess up, because we always mess up, God is there to pick us up, clean us up, sanctify us, justify us, glorify us, bless us with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Blessings on our lives personally, on our marriages, on our families, in the generations, in the church of Jesus Christ here at Sovereign Grace. It's sure. How do I know that? Because thus says the Lord, and when God speaks, people will listen. Amen. We pray, Father, that you would bless us now. We thank you for having blessed us with the awesome word of the prophet, the confronting word, the comforting word of rest, the calling. God, we pray, turn us to you. May we not let the word slip that we've heard, the word of that great salvation in the mediator. Thank you for that good way, which is Jesus. Thank you for being our good God. Thank you for laying a foundation in the word of God, of truth and righteousness, something to build upon, something which will never, never be shaken. Thanks for our homes. Thanks for hearts that are made to love you, soft and resilient, those able to recover from hurts, and those that have the heart of the love of Christ. Thanks for godly elders and pastors and deacons and godly people in this congregation, for a whole congregation that loves the Lord. And we pray, Father, have mercy upon each soul, each individual sheep and lamb. Make your face to shine upon us. Grant the peace that we've heard of tonight. Amen.